There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without your essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. Man, I was just in Hawaii and I had my Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie with me. And here's the deal. We're in and out of the water all the time, getting in to go spearfishing, getting out, taking the kids to the beach. I'm not going to mess around all day putting sunscreen on then having to get washed off. I just run a hoodie. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. It's a Meat Eater Podcast. Welcome to Meat Eater Trivia. That's right. This is the second time we're doing a dedicated episode to it. Last time was the Christmas edition. This time it's just straight trivia. Steve will be satisfied. There's no family feud Christmas questions. Too complicated. <laughs> and I should point out that I think me and Brody have run have won the same number of times. You guys have won 80% of the times that we have played media trivia. tension in the air for and, this yeah. one. But in Brody's defense, how many times have you played Brody? Three? Two. Two, and he's won twice. <laughs> Seriously? Seriously. Clay has a similar He stat. wins every time he's here? Every time. Clay has played once, and Clay's won once. Oh. Hmm. I've played once and got last. Yeah, that's understandable. Yeah. What I don't understand... <laughs> <laughs> what I don't understand is how Brody wins every time he comes. He's that smart. Are you nervous, Jay? You gotta be a little bit nervous. I have no idea what's about to happen. Now, we have a special cast in the room. We have Jay Scott... Jason Phelps and Paul Lewis. Why are they here, Steve? Well, because they're playing trivia with us. Well, besides that, this episode's coming out before the other thing. Is this a trick question? No. I just want you to tell folks, you get them excited for the oh. next well, because episode. Well, because we're recording a show in which we discuss um, the mythical coos deer. I like it. And why and, did you skip me? Oh, you've played before, Garrett. You played the first time we did trivia. Also joined by Garrett Long. In the room, we have Jay Scott, <laughs> Steve Rinella, Brody Henderson, who wins every time he's here. Paul Lewis, Garrett Long, Philly Engineer, and Jason Phelps. Now, this is Meat Eater Trivia. This is trivia you're not going to get from Jeopardy or Trivial Pursuit or any bar night trivia. These are born out of Meat Eater's four verticals. Here we go. What are well, they? They're not real. I'll tell you what the four verticals are. I'll tell you what the four verticals are. Hunt, fish, conservation, and wild foods. Yet, I will point out that that is not a good way to describe this because we don't have mountain men and pioneers. 
but they figure heavily into Trivial Pursuit. That's Not right. Trivial Pursuit. They figure heavily into Meat Eater Trivia. Now, there is a prize. Meat Eater will donate $100 to the conservation organization of the winner's choosing. We've played five times so far. Brody's won twice. Steve has won twice. And Clay Newcomb has won once. Now, we have some housekeeping from last time. Last time we played, I asked the room, what popular fish has a nickname, the Copper Belly? The correct answer was bluegill. But Jason Isaacs wrote in to let me know that it's also common for offshore anglers on the East Coast to refer to gag groupers as copper bellies. So if you said gag grouper, which nobody in this room did, (laughs) you would have also gotten that one right. And finally, I made an egregious mistake on the last episode. Oh, you did? I did. Did it cost me a win? No. Oh. We'll, We'll get to that part. About 20 folks wrote in to let me know of the air. I asked what state has the most game wardens in the country. A statistic I got from gamewardenedu.org. I told you guys the correct answer was Texas, but that was wrong. The real correct answer was Florida. Paul Wallet, who works for the Division of Law Enforcement for the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission, added some clarity to this answer. He said that about 20 years ago, Florida voted to combine the Florida Marine Patrol and Florida Game and Freshwater Fish Commission, which came together to form North America's largest conservation law enforcement agency. So they currently have 848 sworn-in members, while Texas only has 480. Now, this doesn't change the results of the game. No one in the room said Florida, and Steve, who won the game of trivia, said Missouri, so it wouldn't have altered the outcome. But I feel bad. That's a terrible mistake, and I vow to be better. Jay, can't you picture him getting a job as a real um, game show host? (laughs) I like it. I like it. All right, now for the game of trivia, play the music, Phil. Look, I need to know what I stand to win. Everything. How's that? You stand to win everything. Well done. Here we go. The first question, like every time we play, is multiple choice. The category is... Fishing. The question is, what is the most common lake name in America? Long, mud, twin, or horseshoe? Man, we've got all of those around me. Yeah, where I grew up, uh, within 60 miles, all four of these existed. Yeah, some we, of we them, had all of them. Some of them were even like long two and long one. So these are probably very familiar. Again, what is the most common lake name in America? Your options are long, mud, twin, or horseshoe. Does everybody have an answer? Go ahead and reveal your answers. We have Jay saying twin, Steve saying mud, Brody saying twin, Paul saying twin, Garrett saying twin, Phil saying twin, and Jason Phelps saying mud. The correct answer is Mud Lake. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there are 897 mud lakes, 400 really? long lakes, 400 twin lakes, and 385 horseshoe lakes. As far as the most common creek names go, the top three monikers... Can I take a guess? Go for it. Clear. Dry. No? Neither? Blue. There, there's three options, so give, give, me, give me a third guess. Uh, we always laugh about clear and dry. Clear and dry, and you say blue. So you got one of those. The most common creek names are Mill Creek, Spring Creek, and Dry Creek. If you want to mm. deep dive into lake nomenclature, I covered this subject on the Meteor.com last year in an article called America's Most Common Lake Names. You see how he brings it around to articles, Jay? Very good. 
<laughs> was that just uh, Steve and Jason who got mud there? Someone else get it? Yeah, Steven Jason. Just Steve cool. Jason. Phil, what happened to our counter on the wall here? Uh, we are finding a new solution for the television. We're okay. Probably mounted somewhere else. Mm. We're in between the monitor. You know, every time we've played, we became a little more advanced with trivia, but now we just took a step back all of a sudden. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> we are I've, on. I vowed to do better, Spencer. Thank you. We are on to question two. The topic is biology. This next great question is via my wife, Shelby. If you have a question that you think is right for me She submitted trivia, a question online? That's right. You can either let me know <laughs> over supper like my wife or email me at trivia at themediator.com. The question is, what is the largest cat that purrs? What is the largest cat that purrs? Hmm. Dude, I have no idea. We have a stumped room. I think I've seen two people write an answer so far. The largest cat that purrs. I'm just going to put down my favorite cat. What's that, Brody? Oh, did he cover this? That's quite a hint you just gave the room. unfair advantage. Yeah, someone who's heard every episode, I have no idea what this is. Does everybody have an answer? I do. Go ahead and reveal your answers. We have Jay saying a tiger, Steve saying a jaguar, jaguar. Brody saying a mountain jaguar. lion, jaguar, Paul saying an African lion, Garrett saying a panther, Phil saying jaguar, Jason saying tiger. The correct answer is mountain lion, which Brody got. Oh. And uh, I think we would accept panther, right? Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're synonymous. <laughs> we would accept <laughs> panther. So we had Brody. And Phil, get it. Nope, not me. I think it was Garrett. Garrett. Oh, I'm sorry. Garrett Garrett had panther. Cat species can be divided into two groups, cats that purr or cats that roar. Generally, it's smaller cats that purr, like bobcats, lynx, cheetahs, and mountain lions, and bigger cats that roar, like African lions, tigers, leopards, jaguars. Some scientists speculate that- With jaguars? Jaguars. (laughs) Okay. Jaguars. Some scientists speculate cats evolved the ability to purr as a way to camouflage the cries of nursing kittens. The perfect game is still intact for Brody Henderson. Lots to unpack there in that little that little interstitial. Like what? They developed the ability to purr to muffle the cries of kittens. Yeah, they're at a similar. Uh, oh, des- what would okay. be the frequency? There you go. That's yeah. right. You got it. It's from Phil the engineer. We are on to question three. The topic is cooking. What type of fish is the main ingredient in an Alaska sushi roll? Now, this is not a trick question. Sometimes an Alaska sushi roll will have imitation crab meat, which, as we know from playing trivia, is made of Alaskan pollock. That's not what I'm looking for. This is not a trick question. So, what is the what type of fish is the main ingredient in an Alaska sushi roll? Steve, again, seems stumped. With no, a, I'm with not a stumped. Deep sigh. I just, I, I'm just... Exasperated. I don't want to say because I don't want to give it away to me. Okay. Does everybody have an answer written down? Go ahead and reveal your answers. We have Jay saying cod. Steve saying king salmon. No, 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 no. It's not what I said. Just salmon. He says camon, salmon. 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 Hypo- what are these called? Parentheses. Parentheses. King. In case you wanted a high level of specificity. Also on his whiteboard, he has a middle finger drawn. <laughs> Brody says salmon. Paul says salmon. Garrett says eel, Phil says salmon, and Jason says salmon. The room did very well. The correct answer oh, is salmon. God damn. The other main ingredients are often some combination of cucumber, avocado, mayo, wasabi, 
and rice. The origin of the Alaska roll is unknown, but it became popular shortly after the creation of the California roll in the 1960s, which has very similar ingredients. Uh, people did too well there, so I'm going to need everyone to raise their hand if they got it right. So I, Steve, Brody, Paul, me, Jason. What'd you put? Oh, you put down cod? cod. Yeah. We are on to question. He was going deep. He was going North Alaska. That's right. He's like, oh, I thought you said North Alaska. <laughs> the only one I've got two. Oh, okay. And Steve's got two. And you got two now, I think. Yep. And does Garrett have two? No, just one. Just one. We're on to question four. The topic is public lands. This next great question comes to us via Wyatt Gross. If you have a question you think is right for Meat Eater Trivia, you can send it to me at trivia at com. I got a question. Yeah. Uh, tell everybody about your new tattoo. I got a new, t- it's not that new. Oh. Uh, I got it in November, but oh, you know, no, it's no, long no. sleeves weather right now. Uh, I got multiple new tattoos. Oh, I know about go. all those. No, not that, that one. Do you, you want to take a, lure? you want to take a guess at what that is? It's a fishing lure. That is a cattle brand. That is a cattle brand of the original owners of the La Brea Tar Pits. No the, shit. That's right. That's where my first date was. Really? With my wife. I mm-hmm. like it. The other new tattoo that Steve is referring to is aces and eights. And then a skull to represent the fifth mystery card. Yep, dead man's hand from your home state. Wild Bill Hiccup shot right there in South Dakota. Deadwood. Question for the topic is public lands. Again, this is via Wyatt Gross. Five states west of the Mississippi River don't have a national park. Name two of them. No. Five states west of the Mississippi River don't have a national park. Name two of them. There's a lot of uh, lot of thinking going on. I see people thinking about where the Mississippi is. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a good start. <laughs> then that's thinking about thinking. what's on the left side of there, and then thinking about where national parks are. Give me two of the five states. Phil is laughing. Phil may give us a state on the east side of the Mississippi. Is that what's funny? Thanks, Spencer. Appreciate it. <laughs> I'm just trying to differentiate. I'm trying to remember what's considered a monument and what's a park and mm. what's a, yeah. We are just looking for national parks. Oh I hate trivia, man. The last time I was on here, I had so many people calling and be like, ha ha, you're dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Does everybody have an answer? It wasn't one, one of them was your ma, was it? No, she doesn't listen to podcasts, but my dad was one of them. Mm. <laughs> Does everybody have an answer? Yo, yeah, I do. I'm not, not happy right. Go ahead and reveal your answers. We have Jay saying Oregon and Idaho. Steve saying Nebraska and Idaho, Brody saying Nebraska and North Dakota, Paul saying Nebraska and Kansas, Garrett saying Texas. No, he spelled Kansas wrong. And Oklahoma, Phil saying Idaho (laughs) and Oregon, and Jason saying Kansas (laughs) and Oklahoma. The correct answers are Iowa, Nebraska, Kansas, Oklahoma, and Louisiana. Now, this was an all or nothing, and I think we only had one person who got both of them. Being oh no, we had two people. We had Jason and Paul. Well done, Jason and Paul. What's the national park in North Dakota? I don't know if I believe Teddy that. Roosevelt. Yeah, I would guess. Uh, I couldn't remember where the old uh, <laughs> right off the top of his head. He knew. Now there are twenty <laughs> states. <laughs> I was gonna leave the Dakotas yeah. alone. There the are national park is in Craters of the Moon uh, in Idaho. I didn't know if that was a national yeah, monument. Is Craters of the a... Moon a monument or a park? I thought it was just well, a monument. Keep moving. Well, now in Idaho, you technically get a sliver of Yellowstone, oh, which we've talked oh, about oh, before, <laughs> which has oh, the zone of it? death. Now, there are 20 states in total that don't have a national Aren't you going to plug the Zone of Death article? The Zone of Death article. You can read that on the media.com. It's called <laughs> oh. Barroom Banter, colon, 
Yellowstone Zone of Death, which we also talked about on a podcast probably about a year ago. Now, there are 20 states in total that don't have a national park, with most of them being located in the Northeast. And as we discussed with the first question of the first ever game of Meteor Trivia, California leads the country with nine national parks. We are on to question five. We will get a scoreboard update after this. The topic is Deer Camp. What popular liquor logo features a stag with a glowing crucifix between its antlers? <laughs> what popular liquor logo features a stag with a glowing crucifix between its antlers? Do you have to get spelling right here? No. <laughs> Don't give hints. <laughs> We had some fast answers. We've had some no answers. Because so Garrett can't spell old crow. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, some, it's like O L. No. A L. Does everybody have an answer? We'll give you a second here, Paul. Go ahead and reveal your answers in three, two, one. We have Jay. Jay's abstemious. Jay says, no idea. <laughs> Steve saying Jägermeister, Brody saying Jägermeister, Paul without an answer, Garrett saying Jäger, Jäger, and Jäger. i just like to ask, has anybody ever been 0 for 5? Because I am. It's probably happened. <laughs> You'll come around. The correct answer is Jägermeister. Pat Durkin recently covered this in his article in TheMedia.com called The Post-Kill Traditions of North American Hunters. According to Jägermeister... The logo was inspired by St. Hubert, the patron saint of hunters. St. Hubert gained this title after seeing an enormous white stag with a glowing cross between its antlers walking through the forest. Hubert took this as a sign from God, vowed to better himself, quit hunting, and joined the church as a missionary. And since 1935, St. Hubert's stag has been on every bottle of Jägermeister. Aren't you, as part of your little thing, going to say what Jägermeister means? What does it mean? Huntmaster. Oh, I like it. Didn't you read Phelps' board? No. Yeah, I went with Master Hunter. Well done. No bonus points, but I like it. (laughs) Phil, give us a scoreboard update. All right. In first place, we have Jason Phelps with four points. Are you serious? Phelps is leading? Phelps is leading. Why is that surprising? (laughs) (laughs) Why? Because here's the thing. Next time, you know why me and Brody do well? Why me and Brody do well? It's because we're exposed to so much of the same shit as Spencer is. (laughs) Like, we email all day about, like, oh, did you see this? Did you read that? So it's like, we're always like reading the same shit. But you're not in our little loot. Like, we have a but huge there's, advantage. There's similar loot He's to independently just curious. Loot. You have yeah. no right to be winning is what he said. <laughs> yeah. It's rigged in our favor. It's rigged in our favor because we're in the same, like, mental space all the time. Jason is just organically like Jay's smart. hailing from too far. Like, Jay's not absorbing any of the, like, metal. You know Jason, I mean? you're doing great. I'm really happy <laughs> for you. Uh, Steve and Brody are tied for second with three points, followed by Paul, Garrett, and myself. Uh We are halfway through the game. I'll blow it somewhere along the line. Sport Dog is the most recognized brand in the hunting dog training industry. Born in 2003 in Knoxville, Tennessee, Sport Dog was forged by a passionate group of hunters and dog trainers who intimately understood the challenges of the field and the special connection between hunters and their dogs the sport dog promise to consumers is simple gear the way you'd design it every product sport dog builds is meticulously designed and rigorously tested in the field ensuring it withstands the toughest conditions you and your dog may encounter 
Now, I've got two good buddies with what I would call really, really good waterfowl dogs. And here's one of those buddies, Max. Not the dog, but the buddy. I've used that sport dog collar now in multiple different states, U.S. and Canada. Different temperatures all the way to negative 20 degrees, and it just doesn't stop working. I'm a fan for life. Get 20% off your first purchase using code MEATEATER. So go to www.sportdog.com slash MEATEATER to learn more. Man, I'm just coming back uh, not too long ago from youth turkey season in Wisconsin. Now, last year at youth turkey season, it rained and snowed the whole time. This year at youth turkey season, it was in the 70s and then even up to 80. So me and my kids are pouring it to it. And after a while, I realized I didn't drink anything all day, and they haven't drank anything all day. Well, that's why it's important to get hydrated and have something you're going to like to help you, encourage you to get hydrated doesn't matter outdoor events turkey hunting playing sports beach days mountain adventures summer requires extraordinary hydration that's built for everyday dehydrating moments with three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drink plus eight vitamins and nutrients in a single stick it's clear why liquid iv is the number one powdered hydration brand in america tear pour live more One stick plus 16 ounces of water hydrates better than water alone. I'll say that again. Hydrates better than water alone. Turn your ordinary water into extraordinary hydration with Liquid IV. Get 20% off your first order of Liquid IV when you go to liquidiv.com and you use code MEATEATER at checkout. That's 20% off your first order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code MEATEATER at liquidiv.com. You ever get that feeling you're stuck inside staring at screens and a primal urge kicks in? You crave wide open spaces, fresh air, the chance to connect with the land? Well, maybe it's time to find your own piece of the wild. But searching for property can be a maze. That's where Land.com comes in. They got millions of listings across the country, from mountain ranches to hidden fishing holes. Their search tools are like a seasoned guide helping you narrow down what you want. Land.com isn't just about buying and selling. It's about finding a place to hunt, fish, explore, or simply sit by a campfire and listen to the crickets. So head over to land.com today to turn one day into today. Because trust me, there's nothing quite like the feeling of standing on your own piece of earth. We are now on to question six. The topic is fishing. Southern Ontario produces more of this type of fishing bait than anyone else in the world. Oh, I know what that is. Steve knows what that is. The question (laughs) is, Southern Ontario produces more of this type of fishing bait than anyone else in the world. Again, a few confident answers and a few no answers so far. Steve is writing a novel over there as well to go with whatever his answer is. Nah, this is where you catch up. This is where I catch up. Does everybody have an answer? (laughs) Go ahead and reveal your answers. We have Jay saying salmon eggs, Steve saying Canadian crawlers, a.k.a. night crawlers. I was going to put Brody saying live minnows. Live minnows? Paul saying (laughs) eggs. Garrett saying suckers. Phil saying power bait, exclamation point. (laughs) And Jason saying sand shrimp. The correct answer is night crawlers. Ah, Ah, it was too easy. It's estimated that my, about my, the comp- my compost pile, <laughs> my compost pile gives Canada a run for its money. 
It's estimated that about 600 million nightcrawlers are sold in North America each year, creating a $200 million industry. Although often marketed as Canadian nightcrawlers, they're actually native to Europe. It's believed the first nightcrawlers arrived here hundreds of years ago in the soils and plants of European settlers. Isn't that wild, though, that that worm... Is where you can find that worm all over the place, and that's a non-native worm. Oh yeah, the honeybee I, is a non-native bug. I read something about Minnesota once that they have like fifteen types of earthworms or nightcrawlers, and zero of them are native to the state. There's yeah. like there's like one native worm, and it's like an aquatic worm. You'll probably never see it in your life. One thing I like is you go to any boat launch in the world and find a grassy patch and dig down, and it's mm-hmm. got crawlers because right. people are always dumping their crawlers. And southern Ontario. Is where most of them come from. Question seven. What's up? No, 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 we'll catch up. Question seven. The topic is gear. It's common for archery companies to advertise IBO speed when marketing a new bow. What does IBO stand for? So if you were on like Prime Archery's website right now, you would look at one of their bows, Hmm. Nexus 2, and one of the stats that you would see like for any new bow, it would say IBO speed. What does IBO stand for? Jay is writing fast. This may be Jay's question that we have here. IBO. A lot of writing going on. A lot of thinking. A lot of wrong answers. Folks are trying to invent an acronym if they don't know it. Does everybody have an answer? Go ahead and reveal your answers. We have Jay saying international bow hunter with nothing. Steve saying international bow org. Brody saying international bow operation. Oh, initial bow operation. Paul saying international bow nothing. Garrett saying Ian Bass Owl. Ian Bass Owl. Ian Bass Owl. It's not right. Phil with no answer. Phelps saying International Bow Org. The correct answer, which nobody got, is International Bow Hunters Organization. Now, we had some close, but nobody finished with the hunters after bow. No, man. That's not true. All I had to put was... (laughs) (laughs) Steve somehow just got the right answer. The International Bow Hunters Organization created this test as a way to standardize speed ratings. The IBO speed is obtained at point-blank range by shooting a bow at its max poundage with an arrow that weighs 5 grains per pound of draw weight. Simply put, the higher the IBO speed, the more powerful the bow. We are on to question 8. After this, we will get another scoreboard update from Phil. The topic is cooking. What are the two ingredients in a roux? Roux is spelled R-O-U-X. What are the two ingredients in a roux? Some quick writing. A confident room. Does everybody have an answer? I do. I feel like there's three. Go ahead and reveal your answers. We have Jay saying salt and vinegar. Steve saying flour and butter. Brody saying oil and flour. Paul saying butter and salt. Garrett saying butter and flour. Phil saying flour and oil. And Jason saying flour and water. The correct answer is flour and fat or oil. Now, Steve said butter. I well, would that's give why it I roll with complications. I would, I would okay. give that to you. I would give Garrett also said butter. We'll so accept like, that. My base is like, because that's why I was saying there's three. There's got to be like a meat byproduct, right? No. That's why I no. said I think there would be three. No. no. The most yeah, popular. Yes. 
<laughs> no, because you no. The most popular recipe on the media.com that uses a roux is Jenny Wheatley's goose gumbo. Now, this is a quote oh, from, it needs the goose. from her uh, recipe. Gumbo's richness and depth can be attributed to dark roux, a chocolate-colored oil, and flour mixture that gives many creole dishes their signature flavor. You can find this recipe on our website by simply typing in goose gumbo. I think I was robbed. Phil, give Jason's us a scoreboard getting competitive. Update. I like it. <laughs> uh, we have a new... Uh, Leader. Brody. Steven Ranella. Ooh. And then Brody and Jason are tied for second with four. So what, what's Followed the, by Garrett with three. Steve has five. Steve has five. Brody and Jason have four. Garrett and myself have three. We have a question. If we need a tiebreaker, which is numerical, the closest who gets it will win. Do you have like any that would like not go in Steve's favor that you can pull out of like pound? <laughs> <laughs> um, but I feel no. that the IBO, I was pretty disappointed in you, Phelps. I'm disappointed because you're because so, you're like an engineer. You're trained as an engineer. You're an avid archer. You are like way into like yeah, but you just stuff like that, like measuring things. You just take the acronym for what it is and just know that it was a <laughs> speed. Important. Yeah, you, you don't know dig important. into that at all. Question nine: The topic is fishing. Ten states have designated the brook trout as their official state fish. Hmm. Name one of them. Ten states have designated the brook trout. As their official state fish. Name one of them. Ten. Ten of them. You got a one in five chance of getting this one. <laughs> it's a good attitude. Does everybody have an answer? Go ahead and reveal your answers. We have Jay saying Maine, Steve saying Michigan, Brody saying Pennsylvania, Paul saying Colorado, Garrett saying Idaho, Phil saying Pennsylvania, and Jason saying Colorado. The 10 states are Georgia, Michigan, New Hampshire, New Jersey, New York, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, Vermont, Virginia, and West Virginia. Yeah, you're not going to name a non-native fish your state fish, Phelps. That's not true because they do it with birds. (laughs) (laughs) South Dakota, right? South Dakota has a non-native bird. They have a non-native bird for a state bird. Sorry. That's right. That was wrong. Uh, Can you raise your hand if you guys got that one? Brook trout is the most popular state fish in America. Only two states don't recognize a state fish, those being Indiana and Ohio. While Indiana hasn't shown much progress on declaring a state fish, Ohio lawmakers have been fighting about the subject for 40 years. (laughs) (laughs) While downstate lawmakers want it to be the smallmouth bass, their upstate peers won't vote for anything except the walleye. (laughs) Can't they split the state and just have, like, northern... Indiana's a state fish? You know, they probably could. I think at this point it's just kind of fun because uh, I I saw something where uh, there was somebody from the leader of their house or whatever said, I will kill this bill every time it comes up if it's not a walleye. (laughs) Question 10. Give us one more scoreboard update here. Uh, In first place with six points, we have Steven Ranella. Followed closely, hot on his heels, Brody Henderson. And then Jason and myself with four in third. So we have a chance for a tiebreaker. Let's remember that 20 I gave you before the game. <laughs> question 10. The topic is oh, waterfowl. This, no, this is the last question. This is the last question. This is for all the marbles. So I could get it wrong. Brody could get it right. And it goes to tiebreaker. And we got a tiebreaker. This next great question comes to us via Joe Sanger. If you have a question you think is right for Meat Eater Trivia, you can send it to trivia at themeateater.com. Name either the biggest or the smallest waterfowl in North America. This is going by weight. Name either the biggest or the smallest waterfowl in North America. Don't give me two answers. 
Just looking for one you need to pick if you're going for big or small. Hmm. A lot of pressure. Steve wrote something, but is second-guessing himself. Brody looks confident. Does everybody have an answer? Man, I don't want to go to tiebreaker, man. Go ahead and reveal your answers. We have Jay saying teal, Steve saying tundra swan, Brody saying swan, Paul saying swan, Garrett saying swan, Phil saying Canada goose. Big. Big. <laughs> the big kind. Like a huge one. And Jason. Like, no, I mean bigger than that. <laughs> <laughs> and Jason saying a trumpeter swan. The correct answer, the biggest is a trumpeter swan, oh. while the smallest is a green wing teal. Now, Ooh. I'm not sure how to handle this. You can't take swan because there's too many swans in the world. I, I was specific I and wrong. He was not specific and wrong. I, I do say not give think it to I'm going to give it to you. I do not you think I would give it, give it to him because if you had said teal, I'd have been like, well, it's, you yeah, didn't how many say kinds of teal are there? there's green, blue, and cinnamon. cinnamon. They're all the same size. You didn't write teal. No, I know. <laughs> <laughs> green wing teal. Green wing teal is the smallest. But you just said you can't. I can't get penalized teal. for having more information down. I was wrong flat out. Brody was wrong. I think, I think we give it to Brody. I think, yeah, it's got to go to Brody, I think we man. give it to Brody. To, what are you, you know talking what? about? <laughs> for the fun. <laughs> you do. Now. Oh, what? What? He said he has a tiebreaker. So we're going to give it to oh. Brody. Move on. I think to keep no. this fun. Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it, and then I'll, I'll accept the results later. You, you got to accept your limitations here. Now, the tiebreaker, which we've only done a few times before. I remember Steve and Clay went to a tiebreaker. Uh, and we had Cal and Brody go to a tiebreaker. So this will be the third time we have gone to a tiebreaker, although Steve disputes that. The tiebreaker is Jam Ferguson caught the world record black crappie in 2018 from a small Tennessee pond. It measured just over 19 inches. For the win, I need you to tell me its weight, and I have a picture for you to look at. Closest wins? The closest will be the winner. I will show it to the whole room. You guys can play along if you want to guess how big this crappie is. But the only answers that matter are Brody and Steve. Jam Ferguson in Tennessee in 2018. The crappie again. He's not long arming that thing either. Just over 19 inches. Is it Price is Right rules or just closest? No, we do not do Price is Right rules. Closest will be declared the winner. Do you guys have an answer? Yeah. Go ahead and reveal your answers. We have Brody <laughs> saying four pounds and 13 ounces, and Steve saying four pounds. The winner is Brody Henderson. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> the correct answer was five pounds and seven ounces. Ooh. Okay, now that that's over, we can all agree that Brody should not have gone <laughs> yeah, to the yeah. tiebreaker. <laughs> you can put an asterisk next to yeah, yeah, like Barry Bonds. Uh-huh. <laughs> like Barry Bonds. No, I'll, I'll concede that was just from You two can work together to decide who the $100 goes to. How about that? Well, I only, there's only one thing I'm going to accept. <laughs> TRCP again? Yeah. TRCP. <laughs> Theodore Roosevelt Conservation Partnership. They will get the $100. Now, when this goes down in history, though, I will declare Steve the winner. Sorry, Brody. I can live with that. Okay. <laughs> so, me and Brody are tied on wins. No. You have now taken first place. You have three. Brody has two. God, it's like a rival. Clay Newton has It's going to tear our friendship apart. <laughs> We're supposed to fish together on my birthday. Ooh. Depending on the wind speed. Okay. Is that still on, Brody? Do we got a trivia before then? 
I think we have one next week and the week after. If I die in a freak ice fishing accident on the on my birthday, <laughs> uh-huh. they should put a polygraph on Brody. Okay. <laughs> I like it. When did you last see him, Brody? <laughs> Thank you guys for playing. We got more trivia coming at you soon. Thank you, Spencer. That was great, man. Thank you. Thanks. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without your essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. Man, I was just in Hawaii and I had my Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie with me. And here's the deal. We're in and out of the water all the time, getting in to go spearfishing, getting out, taking the kids to the beach. I'm not going to mess around all day putting sunscreen on then having to get washed off. I just run a hoodie. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. Sport Dog is the most recognized brand in the hunting dog training industry. The Sport Dog promise to consumers is simple. Gear the way you'd design it. Every product Sport Dog builds is meticulously designed and rigorously tested in the field ensuring it withstands the toughest conditions you and your dog may encounter. I've used that sport dog collar in different temperatures. It just doesn't stop working. Get 20% off your first purchase using code MEATEATER. So go to www.sportdog.com slash MEATEATER to learn more.